Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Hey, Tube Addicts, and welcome back to Forgotten Fridays. Guys, let me just start by saying I'm so sorry that last week's episode did not come out. Me and Chris recorded, but we didn't actually record because I may have forgot to hit record. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to be known. It was not me. It's not me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And then um, I did attend ACL for weekend two. If you've never been to ACL next year, I want to see you there. It was such a good time. Chris, you need to go next year. It was that good, Shan? How was it? It's always incredible. You're not seeing just one person. You're seeing a bunch of people. And even if you don't like like big crowds and stuff like that, since it's outdoors, you can kick it in the back and still see the show. You know what I mean? But if you want to be right up in the thick of it, you can be up in the thick of it too. So I loved it. Miley Cyrus was epic, but everyone was great. I even saw Jack Harlow. Oh, nice, nice. Yes, but not sure if any of you noticed, but this month's intro music includes an eerie tune to bring in Halloween. I mean, October, I guess. <laughs> um, as we've been saying all year, or at least since April when we started this podcast, we will have some extra content this month filled with spooky undertones. And it won't be hard since true crime is downright scary as it is. Well, today, of course, I have another crazy case for us. And at this point, I'm not even shocked anymore. But at the same time, I'm so fucking shocked. How have we not heard of this one? Today, we are talking about the case of the Austin Axe murderer, also known as the Servant Girl Annihilator. Now, Chris, I know for Halloween, you are bringing us an especially spooky case when you cover H.H. Holmes, known for being America's first serial killer. But before you do that, I would like to tell you about America's true first serial killer. And would you believe me if I told you this serial killer came from our very own place of residence, Austin, Texas? Um... I'm going to act like I don't know this story, and I'm going to say I wouldn't believe you. Fuck off, Chris. I don't need this. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to act shocked. I'm going to... Oh, no, Shan. <laughs> it's not my fault. I didn't... Guys, we went through the whole episode, and didn't. Re... I didn't realize that I didn't hit record until the very end. It's new for you guys, so I'll, I'll make sure that I... I... I'll react uh, appropriately. Yes, dang. Now, just as you likely are, I am also a little confused on who is the true first. But the Austin Axe murder technically was first from 1884 to 1885. And Holmes was 1891 to 1894. So his reign of terror was only about a year long. And I believe that is why this serial killer fell under the despicable Mr. Holmes. But his crimes definitely should not go unnoticed. Before I go any further, I want to say, guys, after you listen to this episode, go buy The Midnight Assassin by Skip Hollinsworth. It was a great read full of so much info on this case. I was shocked to read how thriving Austin really was back in 1885. There were eight murders total. He also injured six women and two men as well. 
All victims were attacked indoors while asleep in their beds. The series of murders went on for a year until the killing of two white women. Go figure. And crazy fact, according to author Philip Sugden in The Complete History of Jack the Ripper, the idea that the Texas killer and Jack the Ripper were one and the same man originated in October 1888 when an editor with the Atlanta Constitution proposed this idea. Following the murders of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes by Jack the Ripper. But we will come back to that. So let's go ahead and dive right into the murders because this case has so many twists and turns. And I want to give a trigger warning. This case does involve rape. The first victim was Molly Smith. Honestly, reading about her murder upsets me so much in the book. Molly Smith had been dating Walter Spencer. She was about 25 years old and the live-in servant of merchant William Hall. They were both black, but I want to assume Molly may have been biracial because they called her a yellow girl, but she could have just been a lighter skin toned black person. They had been dating for a bit of time and were actually known by people in town. Walter Spencer was known as a good worker, even to his white counterparts. And I say that because, well, it was 1885. They resided together in a small outbuilding behind the hall home. The two slept in bed and they were attacked by an axe-wielding maniac. Molly was attacked, dragged to the backyard, raped, and murdered. Now, remind you, they're servants. So what Walter is about to do, you have to understand, is crazy and shows how much he truly loved Molly because he was risking his own life doing this. Sometime after midnight, Walter goes into his home, into the home of Hall and wakes him up. And Walter is bleeding badly from several wounds to the head. He explained to Hall that he had been attacked while he slept and that Molly had been taken by the attacker. He begged him to come and help him find her. And Hall told him he wasn't going to go look for some black man's woman this late at night and it could wait until morning. And he sent Walter on his way, beaten bloody and all. How fucked is that? This had me so furious. This part of the story is ridiculous. Me and Sam, like, literally last time, we're just, like, raving about how, like, how ridiculous this is. At um, Just kind of like the, I want to say the injustice of it all. Because if you think about it like this, this is another human going to, like, another human. Like, hey, my woman, my person is, you know, in jeopardy. And this person is acting... I'm just saying, I'm not going to go into that tidbit, but it's just messed up the situation that they're put in. And then this. It's inhumane. He doesn't care that mm -hmm. she could be in danger. And on top of that, even if he doesn't believe that she may be in danger, he has him sitting right in front of him and he can see he is in trouble. Oh my gosh. Like, bro, do you think I did this to myself? Um, you know, and he didn't even care. He just sent him on his way. Um, so I think it's just one of those inhumane, clearly their lives didn't seem to matter to him. And he just went back not to sleep. Not of value or importance. You know, and what's sad is it's his own servant. 
So, anywho, uh, you guys are lucky because I feel like on the when we re- tried to record before, we went on, we got both got so upset and we went on this 10 minute rant because I guess it just it makes you feel some type of way when you put yourself into those shoes and knowing, like they said, this yellow girl, well, I'm biracial, so I know what that's like. I can imagine. And to think that my own. My own employer, if that, if you can call him, I guess if you're a servant, he's not really an employer because you serve them. But anywho, um, my own wouldn't care, wouldn't care that I was being murdered. Mind you guys, that in the South, okay, if you just a small, just a small rant. If, if you don't know in history in the South, after because you know most people have this common misconception that oh, slavery was you know abolished, so everything was good, right? Y- y- y'all were fine. No, see, so how it happened was is these guys, no one was going to in the South give a job to a black person, so they just got jobs. From their slave owners. Their slave owners, most of them just turned around, gave them a job. Now I'm paying you, but I'm paying you very little. You're not mm-hmm. making too, too much. And treating you just, the same way. Yeah, you're living in the same place you were. I just now pay you. Yes. And so that's that's how we're here. That's, that's why it's still, you know, because... I don't know who I don't know who's what school teaches that that you know like everything was it was all just beautiful white people and black people just loved each other they got along no didn't <laughs> you know and honestly like that's why I said he was risking his own life because going into his house in the middle of the night he could have shot him dead and no one would have cared Yeah uh, what you what y'all will learn is that as this story progresses he gets away with it until. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and continue so we can get there. The next day, Molly was discovered in the snow near her employer's home with a gaping ax wound in her head. She had also been stabbed in the chest, abdomen, legs, and arms, creating such a large pool of blood. She appeared to almost be floating in it. A little over two months later, two Swedish servants, Clara Strand and Christine Martinson, were attacked by an unknown assailant while while walking home on the night of March 19, 1885. Both girls were seriously injured in the attack but survived. Little is known about this attack for it did not appear to police in 1885 or to modern day researchers to be associated with the December 31st attack on Molly Smith. So that attack happened to those two girls, but they did not connect it to these attacks. I just want to be clear on that. Yeah, this is um, this is something that happens uh, quite a bit. I think I had mentioned this last time, uh, but this is something that happens quite a bit. And like these cases are just murder cases in general where it's like kind of like um, with the Zodiac killers where it's like it's hard to know if this was like a random like just someone else or if we have to lump this in with everything. And most times they will. So like you'll have this guy get like like, oh, yeah, he did kill this person. But now they'll try to like, oh, yeah, you killed this person, this person, this person. You're the Zodiac killer. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it can confuse things and cause issues in the case. Mm -hmm. And then you have a guy later on, like years in his life, he's like facing his latter part. He's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't me. And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that wasn't you. Wow. That's crazy. 
So on May 6, 1885, Eliza Shelley became the next victim of the Austin Axe murderer. Shelley lived in a small cabin with her three young children behind the home of Dr. Lucian B. Johnson, located on the corner of San Jacinto and Cypress Streets. Johnson, a former state legislator, discovered Shelley after hearing screams in the night. His investigation of the crime scene revealed that Shelley had been struck with an axe as to reveal her brain and received punctures on her head from some unknown sharp object. Eliza Shelley's eight-year-old son was sleeping in the same bed as his mother and reported that he had awakened to find a man standing over him and his mother. The boy was thrown from the bed, covered with a blanket, and told to stay quiet. He provi he wow. He provided little information to investigators who had discovered a trail of bloody barefoot prints leading away from the crime scene. Investigators also noted that Shelley had received injuries from two separate weapons, neither of which could be found at the scene. Then on May 23rd at 302 East Linden Street, he attacked Irene Cross. She was found with multiple knife wounds and practically scalped. Cross's nephew, Douglas Brown, was only eight years old and was at the scene of the crime. He reported that a man covered him with a blanket and told him not to move. The police believe that Douglas may have been chloroformed as he said he did not remember what happened during the attack. Although the attack was perpetrated with a knife, investigators at this point are starting to believe the attacks are connected and escalating in violence. Yeah, hear how gruesome those things were. Like, do y'all hear that? Like the the scalping, scalping. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely getting off on like. Clearly, a part of it is the fear and the panic. He likes that. He's getting off on that, and it's getting worse and worse. I'm gonna drop this um, right now, just because I feel like it's. Um, I just feel like this is more so the case in these like earlier cases i always go for the fact that it is possibly or most likely a group in this instance i believe that this is a group of law enforcers and or some sort of let me think uh because I was I was thinking about it last time and I was like, well, how would how would he be able to because he knows these people. These aren't like, you know, you know, what I mean, like these aren't like like he knows these people. He's at least studied them, seen where they live to, to like, you know, like this isn't random. And I think so, Chris is feeling this way because remember, they're all servants mm -hmm. that he's. And so it's like they're but then, of course. With any situation, with a murderer, I don't, I do not care what people say. Most times, with most murderers, they just don't value life. They don't value life. It doesn't matter the the color of skin. They just don't value life. And so I'm just saying. Yeah. But I do believe that this is, if not a police officer, I believe that this is like um, a store manager because. This is like a local area, right? So everyone would have to go to a store to get supplies or things like that. So, you know, that guy at the store, he's seeing this, boom, he makes note. That's, you know, I'm just saying. Yes. Well, you guys keep that in mind and see if you agree with 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 Chris, with Chris, Chris. <laughs> come the end of the episode. So at this point, the police have nothing. This guy has Austin and its people in terror, wondering what will happen next. 
The only explanation that law enforcement could give to the wary public was that an influx of workers to the area by train and wagon had brought a sadistic maniac to their town. They released bloodhounds in the area around the killings with no results. They arrested and questioned possible suspects, but all were released for lack of evidence. To investigators, the situation was bleak. Then the killing stopped. Citizens fell back into a sense of security, convinced much like modern day profilers that the killer had been caught in the commission of another crime or he had moved out of the area for fear of being captured. And that's pretty much how everyone felt until the night of August 31st, 1885, when the killer struck again. And guys, big trigger warning. This next one involves a child murder and rape. Rebecca Ramey and her 11-year-old daughter, Mary Ramey, would be the fourth and fifth victims of the axe-wielding murderer. On the night of August 31st, Ramey reported that she was struck in the head with an unidentified object while she slept. She awoke to discover that her daughter was missing from the quarters in which they lived behind the home of the stable owner, Valentine Weed. Mary Ramey's body was discovered in a nearby alleyway. She had been raped and both of her ears punctured by a sharp object. Once again, bloodhounds were dispatched from the location with little or no results. On the night of September 28, 1885, he took his sixth and seventh victim, Gracie Vance and her boyfriend, Orange Washington. They lived in a small shack on the property of William Dunham. On the night of the attack, the couple had two house guests, Lucinda Body and Patsy Gibson, sleeping on the floor of the cabin. Dunham was awakened in the early morning hours by the sound of screams and breaking glass. A quick search found Lucinda Body in the front yard of the San Marcos Street house, scuffling with the man in the darkness. Dunham's presence scared the attacker off. A search of the property revealed that Gracie had been raped and killed with a rock. An orange had been struck with an axe that did not belong to the Dunham property. Orange Washington would live for a brief time before succumbing to his wounds. So at this point, he's on a rampage, basically. I mean, the attacks on the child and the mother were in August. This is September. Definitely okay, but... Now, I'm just going to say, like, that's, I believe that is inconsistent with, so, again, I'm thinking that this is two separate people, because notice that in the last, the previous incident, we have a mom, he literally moves the child out of the way, and not harm the child. Why would he do that in that instance, and then harm this child in this one? I'm believing this is two separate people, because a child is a child. If he he would have, you know, killed that boy, then you know what I mean. I could see that, but at maybe least he's killed not, him. Maybe he's not. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say maybe he's not into little boys. Into boys, but you still would have killed him. You would have harmed him too, and some, some, as some extent. But to let the boy live, well, that's and not only true, kill the mom in that instance. He killed is, the little girl, but he didn't kill the mom. Still, it's still inconsistent just because it's like, I feel you that that one's he seems like much different. And he seems like he actually tried to kill the mom and that like he pierced her ears and stuff. He was just like a novice. Obviously, this is these aren't these aren't skilled people like, you know, like it's messed up to say, but like in the list of like serial killers like H.H. Holmes. That is, uh, when we get to that story, you guys will see, like, this man literally was 
planning like out his murders like these these seem so this is like a militia of people who are just kind of getting on a bandwagon of like i said america we kind of like over they overhyped their they're like serial killers while this was going on you know what i mean like made them like almost superhero like well to be honest i mean during this time they really didn't know much about serial killers but this isn't you've never heard of this i've never heard of this and maybe that's why maybe that's why it's not considered a serial killer because of the fact that they actually well you know how the story turns out yeah so i mean but at the time you know news would have been buzzing it's like you know like this is such a Austin would have been so much more like small and put together. It's like so the community would have been like, well, you let's know, wait like, and see because we know what the community does. So let's wait yeah. and see. Nine days after the Vance Washington murders, Austin City Marshal Groomsley recommended that police increase patrols and place additional officers on the streets of the terrorized city. During the month of October and through the early days of November, nearly a dozen arrests were made in connection with the murders. However, all of the arrests ended in release or acquittal of the suspects. The perpetrator of the Austin attacks, by all appearances, was decisive in picking his victims. Nearly all the victims that the killer had chosen were black servants who lived on or near their employer's property. This fact perpetuated a false sense of security among the white residents of Austin that was until the night of December 24, 1885. Moses Hancock was awakened in the night with a feeling of dread. He searched his house and property to find his wife, Susan Hancock, lying in the backyard, bleeding and clinging to life. She had been hit with an axe, carried to the backyard, and raped. Hancock alerted neighbors and carried his wife into the parlor of the family home, where she died a short time later. While police investigators were surveying the bloody and scattered crime scene at the Hancock house, word was delivered to detectives that another woman, Eula Phillips, wife of architect James Phillips, was missing and the scene saturated in blood. When they arrived, investigators discovered the lifeless nude body of Eula Phillips in the backyard of the Phillips home. She had been bludgeoned with a piece of wood, and then abruptly the killings just stopped. As time went on, they continued to question, arrest, and prosecute people for the murders. But all convictions were thrown out or overturned on lack of evidence. The Austin Police Department had no fucking answers. So what does Texas do with all their history events? Sweep all of it under the rug and act like it never happened. Within a few months of the last murder, the citizens of Austin convinced that the killer had left the area, stopped talking about the year of murder and mayhem. The Austin statesman stopped writing about the murders and the events faded into Texas history. Yeah, guys, there's no uh, there's no conclusive ending. If you guys are wondering, like there is with most of these old school like mythos uh, cases. And I will say in the sense of this, him changing up and, and, and him killing the two white people at the end. Honestly, I don't put that with that with that being different people i put that with him accelerating in his crimes basically because a lot of killers will kill people that they know they're not going to get in trouble for people that society deems as not as important or not worth 
solving their crimes, right? Prostitutes end up being the victims of serial killers a lot of times because of that simple fact. So nobody want, cares to look for prostitutes, right? I mean, I don't believe that, but that's how the world is, right? Um, so he was getting away with it and he felt good about it. And so he took his shot. But the question is, why did it just stop? I'm I'm still feeling like it's it's uh it's multiple, and I I because I don't think that that fit the mo of the original the guy who started this originally whatever his original motive was, it's lost over time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to this day, this case remains unsolved. Many theories come up regarding this case. Over the years, researchers, profilers, and criminologists have came up with different theories, including the murders were committed by a couple or a pair, a random drifter was the murderer, but the most interesting theory came about 100 years after the killings. It has been suggested, based on compelling circumstantial evidence, that Jack the Ripper of the famed 1888 London murderers used Austin, Texas as a practicing ground for murder. The Austin Axe murder case remains a mystery, and in spite of vast amount of evidence, the events of 1884 and 1885 will remain a mystery forever. So the biggest things I notice is, obviously, it sucks because back in the 1800s, there was no forensics. A yep. lot of these things could have been solved, figured out if we had some form of forensics, but there just wasn't any. Okay, guys. I said this last time. I'm going to say this now. I know that they don't have forensics. But when you see the the size of the community the, that they have to like, you know, go about unless this dude is leaving town, coming back, leaving town, coming back, they're they like they're in the same community. This guy lives there. Like, you know, so it would have to. I'm just saying. Somebody like somebody in the community should be like, "Hey, Jim, didn't you? Uh, didn't you come? I know I'm, I may have been seeing stuff, but didn't you come back with blood yesterday? Home? That was you. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like somebody had to see something. So this was, in my opinion, just nobody really cared until it was of the the other shade, but no one cared in that moment because of the the demographic that it was. So it was like, oh, you know, we can continue to live. It's not us. It's not hurting us. But yeah. oh, the, the moment that it became real for them, that is when it became real. But still notice that law enforcement still wasn't like picking up anything. Thus, my law enforcement uh, belief, because lawmen at that time could do a lot of things and get away with it. I feel that. I can see that. I honestly, my theory goes with what you said last time. I definitely think it may have been somebody who was maybe hopping the train system back then. Um, I also think it likely could have something to do with law enforcement. Wow. Law enforcement. Um, maybe a law enforcement son or something like that where it was covered up and swept under the rug. And that's why uh -huh. it just stopped out of nowhere because that honestly, that 
is either the thing to me or it is the Jack the Ripper of the situation because there's no other explanation for why it just up and stopped. I do think that a lot of the killings are consistent in different ways. They're all, they're being raped. They're being drug out somewhere. They're being killed. It, those things are consistent. The only difference I feel like is the escalation in it. And that's totally normal for a serial killer. But I have to, so I'm also with that being said, I mean, I feel like they, this serial killer wouldn't have just stopped unless he was caught and or decided to leave. So I definitely think he either left or had a law enforcement parent or someone like that that helped them cover it up and maybe sent you on your way or whatever. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where it seems like the heat just got too, you know, like... That's that's the only thing that could, that would make sense. Like you have to pull back because you, like that's a big before the time of forensics. That's a kind of like big thing. Like when you think about it, every big case, um, the Zodiac's unsolved, Jack the Ripper unsolved, most of them go unsolved. You know what I mean? Like so, it's it's like, is it because of lack of forensics or right? Right. Because sometimes I'm not even gonna lie. During like the time of the Zodiac, there was a lot of things that were going on, and it seems like the Zodiac being hyped up and the escalation that was going on was distracting the public from what was actually happening. Probably. So I'm just saying that you know, news sometimes be. You know, I could see that. But like all Texas history, Texas said we are gonna act like this never happened. Uh, uh, can you just, can you put that in the shredder? Are, are yeah. you keeping that paper? I don't want this to come up anymore. This never happened. I mean, I'm shook. Whether it's a serial killer or just a, a group of killings that occurred. This is literally an, a year long. Oh, from Shan, I forgot. That was my main point, though. That, you know, like with, uh, so the reason why I believe that it couldn't be Jack the Ripper is because Jack the Ripper has an M.O. Like he has... Like, he didn't use axes or, you know, like, he wasn't but, like that. And but he not did all serial prostitutes. killers start with their, which honestly, if you think about it, though, Chris, killing servants is the same as killing prostitutes. It's somebody that he knows people aren't going to care about. He may not have had his MO just yet. Some people believe, though, that, like, it was, like, killing prostitutes for Jack the Ripper was a way to feel moral. Like, he wasn't, you know? Like that, it was, it, it's one of those like things. How yeah. they could know that though, I don't know. But yeah, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't think that he could be the same though. Especially since like, I don't know. It just, I couldn't see it. Well, we will never know at this point because it has been a long ass time since this occurred. So the likelihood of ever getting answers is out the fucking window, sadly. Oh, yeah, Shane, because planes don't exist yet. So he couldn't even have got, got to Britain like within a good time. He would have to then, you know, take boat. Boat is going to take like a few. It's going to take you a bit. A, Jack the Ripper didn't start till eight, 1888 and this stopped in 1885. But mm -hmm. I mean to like, you know, like have all that time passed to get to Britain. You don't I know who he I killed I couldn't hold boat. being 
Like, why would I still be upset? No way he's killing people on boat. If he's killing people on boat and y'all are just acting like nothing's going on, y'all are freaking, y'all, uh, that's weird. Bro, people are dying on the boat. Like, I would, that I know it's that you, bro. still happens to this day. Don't you watch those dang um, fish documentaries? People are getting killed on, on the boats. boat till these days, to these days, to this day. I don't get on boats. This is exactly why. They just dump your body over. Nobody even knows. Fish come, eat your body. No. <laughs> Evidence oh, gone. They'll never find you. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought this case was crazy. I thought it was spooktacular. It has that kind of scary, eerie axe murder vibe to it. So I wanted to include it with our October festivities. Um I do know, again, like we said, Chris is going to be covering H.H. Holmes for a bonus episode for Halloween, and that is a huge case. So I'm looking forward to that because I don't really know much about Jack the Ripper. Wow. Not Jack the Ripper. H.H. Holmes. Get Jack the Ripper off your mind, Shannon. Why is he here? <laughs> um, and um, so that will be the week of Halloween. We'll also do a regular case that week. Um, let me look at my calendar. I know that I will be back home next week for a wedding. So Chris will record Wednesday. I will get that set up and ready to air for Friday. That'll probably be a regular missing persons case. I don't want to miss one of those this month, but who knows? Maybe I'll find another crazy case for us. Are you still streaming, Chris? Oh, 100%. I'm still streaming. Tonight, I'm doing a horror game. I'm not looking forward to it, but I made a promise. I made a promise to stream that I do it. Um, Shan, when I tell you I clicked off this game the last time I hopped on it, I heard one baby cry, and I knew. I knew it wasn't for me. I'm going to have to sage the room or something after I oh finish this. It's one of those. Oh, oh gosh. Well, I you're going to have to let me know how that goes, and I look forward to the H.H. Holmes case. I will let 100%. every – if you guys have any case suggestions, any cases you'd like us to cover, um, of course, send them to 2BadXPodcast on Instagram or 2BadXPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Wait, Shan. What? Guys. <laughs> If any of y'all know Discord, how to how to grow it, things like that, please drop that in comments. Why? Because I will totally set up a Discord for the tube addicts now that I finally have figured out how this kind of thing works. Um, I'll, I'll send you all the information, Shan. But yeah. So if anyone knows how to do that, that'd be awesome. Yes. And Chris, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, I think it's Sir Dende underscore long. Okay, then. Perfect. Well, as always, catch you next week, Two Addicts. Bye. Bye, guys.